Good evening, citizens of the world. The Between the Joysticks podcast is back after a small delay. Uh, just a lot of things going on in life overall right now. Uh, not just for us, but everybody. Um, the virus that is going on right now it doesn't affect us so much getting together. I, at least. Yeah, no, I've just been very busy, uh, unfortunately, over the last two weeks. We wanted to get an episode out earlier and it just wasn't possible with the things that we had going on. I had some prior commitments, and uh, we've just been busy. So uh, we're going to try to make it, you know, get our schedule back on a little bit more. That way we're not catching up as much. We feel like we missed a lot, and there's a lot to go over, but we're just going to kind of hit the big things tonight. There is uh, a lot of gaming news, a lot of entertainment news. Obviously, we've got a ton of things that have been canceled, delayed. Uh, and if you're listening to this, like, way in the future... And that's because, obviously, the coronavirus is, is affecting every facet of the entertainment industry, not just movies and games. It's affecting sports, everything, essentially. Everything is, in my opinion, it's March 13th right now when we're recording this. I would be shocked if we don't hear the government come out and say, all right, nobody leave your home for two weeks and just bunker down for a little while, and, and I mean, every, let's get this out of our systems. I mean, so yeah, and we were just talking about this, because we've said this before, we're in West Virginia, and we were officially, unofficially, the last state to get National champs! This. As far as we know, there's no actual cases that have been confirmed within the state as of yet. Um, I would be again, shocked. Just because the, there are no confirmed cases, that doesn't mean it's not here, they could just not be tested. It's just, yeah, it. we know my opinion is people are not issues testing. going on with that, and whatever your politics may be. Point is, coronavirus hasn't hit this podcast, and we're going to keep on rolling yep. with it until you know that eventuality happens. Uh, and even then, there's things like Skype and Discord, so we might still yeah, find a way to we'll always to get together. Um, but so yeah, the coronavirus hasn't hit us, but it has unfortunately hit E3. That's not the official reason, though. Most of the reason, I mean, yes, that is <laughs> that's a big what, part that's, of it. That's what tipped it over. But they were talking about there was a lot of other teams leaving. When, all the way back to when Jeff Keighley announced he wasn't coming, there was talks right then and there of not doing E3. Yeah, there's there's been it, this is a and the perfect more, storm essentially for E3 this yeah, year. More it and is, more vendors have been yes. pulling out and pulling out, and they were considering not going anyway. And then coronavirus just basically was the nail in the coffin. Yeah. It's basically okay. Well, if nobody really wants to be there anyway. And then if we can't really justify a public safety issue of being there, then... Yeah, no I mean, you look at... So you look at E3, and E3, in, in my in my knowledge, as far as I know, to this day, March 13th, 2020, I think it is the furthest outstanding, like, date-wise, in the future event that has been canceled. E3 doesn't happen until the first weekend of June. As far as I know, the things that have been canceled... Uh, like they canceled the Masters today. That happens in April, as far as far as I'm aware. Correct? Yeah. Um, so it's it's been the immediate future kind of thing. You know, the E3 is three months off still. So I mean, they they have canceled like. But I get it. If Emerald you City Comic Con. Yeah, but that was supposed to happen this week. Right. But they bumped it back till I believe last weekend in June, if I looked. Yeah. They, um, so yeah, they pushed some things back. I am surprised that E3 wasn't. Well, actually, you know what? I'm not going to say I'm not surprised because the ESA has already talked, and the ESA is the governing body of E3. They, it sounds like they're going to put something digital together. It, just because there's not a, a physical show going on, yeah. Xbox and Ubisoft have already been confirmed. They're doing digital yeah. – they're doing directs, if that's how we want to put it. They're doing their own directs. Nintendo does that anyway. PlayStation was probably already going to do that during that weekend. 
Microsoft's been toying around with, with stuff that's We get little things like that. Like the, like the weekly update yes. with Major Nelson. We, we get little videos and clips and things like that. So to put something together that's bigger and a yep. little more polished and... Yes, I'm curious to see what they do. I, I think if they do a really good job with this, I think they could... And, and we've talked about this before. Microsoft doesn't... They, their production costs for E3 are more so the show they put on because they own the Microsoft Theater where they do their presentation they, mm-hmm. right across the street from E3. Yeah, most of the so they're not renting anything. There's nothing more out of pocket than them putting together the show. Yeah, and usually they just they put out a lot of demos for people to get the hands exactly. on their, their content. The ones that this really affects, um, we, like we talked, Ubisoft delayed a bunch of games this till later this year, early next year, because of the uh, criticism that... The new Ghost Recon game got. They have a bunch of stuff they want to show, so obviously they want to get things yeah, out I mean, in the wild. The, the independent game developers, your regular, your standalone AAA developers, that's going to be the ones who are most hardly hit by the cancellation of yeah. E3, along with all the other like small time vendors and merch dealers and everything else that goes along with that. Yes, any, any of your general like mom and pop shop kind of deals that get to go. Yep, to those are the things, things that, that are going to hurt the most. Aren't held by major overhead corporations. That's those are the guys that are going to get. Most by that. Yeah, indie titles, things like that. Those are the guys that Ubisoft and, and Microsoft and Sony and Bethesda, they're going to be fine for the most part. They People know that they've got things coming that people are going to want to play and they're going to want to see. They're not going to be as hurt by it. It's those indie games that where you make relationships and you meet, interact with people and you make deals. That's, that's where you're getting hurt the most. Another one that is... I wouldn't say this is hurts, but this is definitely a strike because Warner Brothers planned to do a their first ever press conference at E3. They planned on showing the new Batman game from Warner Brothers Montreal, and that's warm, that's rumored to be the Court of Owls game. Yeah. Uh, the Rocksteady has a new game coming out there, the former creators of the Batman Arkham series. We know absolutely nothing on that title. It's been rumored to be a Superman game. We've heard rumors of Justice League. I've heard rumors that it is going to be a build-your-own superhero game. Something like that would not surprise me with their pedigree in Batman. Obviously, superheroes are a very big moneymaker right now, so it would not shock me if Warner Brothers sat down and said, okay, we need another superhero game out of you. And then the big one is something that has been leaked in the past is the Harry Potter RPG. We've seen Now, we've seen footage of that before. Warner Brothers constantly removes it from the internet, so we knew that it was a real thing. But, I mean, we haven't heard any information on it before. So it's nice to know that it does exist and it is coming. I hope they still get something together to show off what they've got. Because if they've got a bunch of games like this, I want to see what they're doing. I, I'm not the, I wasn't the biggest Rocksteady fan. I played, Arkham, or, I played Arkham and Arkham City. I did not play Knight or Origins. And I know Origins was made by another studio, I believe. But they're good games. I mean, I, I really like City for what it's worth. It's a good Batman game. I'm not a big DC guy, so that's why I don't connect with it real well. But still, it's no, a it, solid it game. Was, it was a really good... Per- it, 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 it had a really good... For the most part, the entire series had a really good flow between actual like investigation and like trying to figure out the clues of what was going on in certain areas. To yeah, flowing seamlessly into combat, it, it it worked and flowed really really well. That was a really big accomplishment. Definitely agreed. It was it was definitely it definitely popularized like the combat that you see in Spider Man for the PS4. That is a very similar combat system that you probably you probably don't see that in spider-man if they don't do it at rocksteady first so that the, the original batman arkham game 
great story, great premise, great combat system has definitely inf- uh, you know influenced more games down the line essentially. So I, w- I hope Warner Brothers get something together. We want to see what they're doing. Another thing that we obviously are going to see what Xbox is doing. They're going to get their consoles together. They're going to show those off. They seem pretty confident in what they're doing. On the other hand, you have PlayStation who were halfway through March. We still haven't heard anything from them yet. Probably not going to. That's so the rumor that the rumor that I've heard a couple times from a couple YouTubers um, watching some news sites, gaming sites, things like that. I'm beginning to wonder if the PlayStation Five is going to be delayed into 2021. Um, mainly because obviously Sony uses so much of, of the European market and, and the Asian market in order to get their console together. Now, Microsoft does too. I'm sure they get lots of parts over there, but they're obviously, you know, a U.S. based company. So they do use a little bit more U.S. based manufacturing, not a lot, but a little bit more. I'm curious if that saves them a little bit more when it comes to producing these consoles than Sony does. Obviously the virus hit over over in Europe and 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 Asia quicker, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely it, it hurts them a little bit more production on both, regardless. Yes, and as far as Microsoft has said, the console's still coming out holiday this year. And let me be clear: Sony hasn't changed anything either. It's just Microsoft has been much more fleet. I'm sorry, I tongue twister. Free, yeah, forthcoming. We'll use that forthcoming with their information. We've seen the console. We know the specs now. We know what it looks like. We have we have some information on we the PS5. We know what the PS5 looks like, and we're getting mixed leaks, but there's nothing we, really that's... Sony has not come out and said, this is what it is. Yeah. We've, we've seen some dev kits and things like that, but Sony has not came out and said, okay, this is what our console looks like. This is exactly what it does. We did have that talk uh, about two months ago where I can't remember if it was Sony CEO or PlayStation's head who came out and talked about some of the features of the PS5. It wasn't anything huge. I don't remember that. Uh, but I can't remember who it was exactly. So we know that in Sony's mind, as far as we know, it's still going to release. I, for one, would be shocked if they delay anything. Generally generally because in this console war, and I put that in quotation marks because I'm, I'm not sure that you can realistically call it that anymore. If you get behind like that, there are going to be people... And this is this is true for any time. There's going to be people that go, okay, I'm just going to buy whatever comes out first. And there's going to be people who go, okay, I don't want to wait until March of 2021 or whenever they would delay something like that yeah, to get a console. I they want to hit all those AAA holidays. Exactly. Prices. Yes, yeah. I want the new thing now, and that's what I want. There's now. There's obviously going to be PlayStation. You know, huge PlayStation fans that go, okay, I can wait for the PS5. This isn't a big deal. And then there's going to be huge PlayStation fans that go. Okay, I can't wait. This is ridiculous. We shouldn't have to wait. Obviously, that may be something that comes to fruition, but we don't know that for sure. Um, I would just be shocked if if we don't hear something on the PS5 soon, and, and we don't know. PlayStation and Sony may do their info dump for their state of play at E3. They may release all the information. That is generally how they've done it in the past. Obviously, now in this in this world of constant social media, we have to remember... The last time we saw a new console unveiled, released, and sold was seven years ago. The internet has changed. Everything has changed, you know, from a consumer and a production and a company standpoint there. You really, you know, you don't, you want to get things out as quickly as possible so you're beating the competition. That's essentially what Xbox has done. Well, the thing is, regardless of whether, whether it just, whether it actually affects end of production, shipping, and when it hits stores... 
PlayStation really can't afford to wait any later than the original E3 date to start dropping. Some oh, I agree with you. Because people who are squirreling away money now, yes, for the next generation of consoles, so they can say, okay, I can afford this then, or yep. at least put a down payment on it for you know layaway yes. or what have you. Um, you really have to know what those specs are. Is it going to be worth my money? Is it going to be worth that 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 income that I'm giving up? Yes. To to spend on this thing. And, and we still don't know price either. We have no idea thing, on the price. There's, there's, there's no idea on price. There's no definite firmware, hardware, software, yeah. anything that's definitive that's been outlined yet. So until everything is finally released in a, in a final formatted perfect picture thing, because you can sit here and say, oh, well, it's, it's 9.4 teraflops or it's 12 point whatever or it, ma- it matches or it exceeds Xbox. Until we see a final presentation saying this is what's going to hit at launch... Whatever's yeah. crammed into a dev kit isn't going to matter. Yeah, they could cram 27 teraflops of stuff stuff into there if they wanted to, but that's not going to make make any difference when it actually comes down to what they can yeah. to put together in a There's obvious there's honestly bundle. there's good there's people who get excited so when there people see 12 teraflops for the Xbox and then the rumored I think it was like 9.3 for the PS5, yeah, I believe. Something like that. Something like there that. are going to be those tech people who go, okay, I'm getting an Xbox then because that stuff matters to them. And then there's people like me and you who who well, understand that, what that means, but it's like, okay, I don't really care. I need to know right. it, it goes back know, to what's what going on. with the PS3. Like, okay, so, or what with the, with the PS4, actually. Because it was the idea of, okay, well, it's so fast that it, it can do all this super cool stuff. Okay, great, but the TVs can't process it. So you have all this extra gate power within the within the console, but it can't be used. And that's kind of it's like having a, a, a it's like having a Lamborghini, but you know you live in the Arctic and there's no room right. to sit in the garage. And that's kind of you we're, can't put that power anywhere. Yeah, use. and that's kind of what we're running into now. Like both of these systems are, are rumored. Well, the Xbox is confirmed to run 8K, and the PS5 is rumored. Right. But nobody has. I mean, 8K TVs are few and far between right now. Nobody. Yeah, yeah. is going to be able to really get into that at launch so, anyway. 4K is really only becoming popular right now. And again, that came out seven years ago, basically, when, when the last-gen yeah, systems like came six out. Yeah, like five or six, seven it years ago. It was still new then. We were still using HDMI, but 4K was relatively new and incredibly expensive. Now it's kind of the standard seven, eight years 8K later. 8K is getting there, AK but it's going to take time. still in its prototype stage, but it'll be there by the time the generation hits right. about halfway through. That's when it'll really hit its stride. Yeah. So it'll be there, and it'll be there ready whenever technology catches up with it with televisions and what have you. But Right. Um, so one last thing before we move on to our next topic. Uh, do we think that this is the last E3? I mean, do you think we've seen the last E3 2019? Do you think that was the last one, essentially? Now, I, what I do think is... I mean, they still have, they've already confirmed that they still have plans for 2021. Well, exactly. My I question is gonna... how many... So depending on how well... Obviously, it depends on how well all of the directs go. Yeah, it, ha- it That's has what to I'm do just calling how, them. how if, successful they all If those all... I mean, if Bethesda and Ubisoft and Square Enix and Nintendo and all of those... Xbox, I feel like, will be a staple at E3 as long as it happens because, like I said, they own where they do their thing at. Yeah. They only put together a production. And that's all the thing that that's all they have to worry about relatively, and they get other people to come show their games generally, not just Xbox games. So it depends on how well the directs go. If, if Ubisoft and all of them knock it out of the park, I can definitely see Ubisoft going. Yeah, we don't need to do E three next year. We'll just do a direct. That's what Nintendo's been doing for a couple years anyway. They haven't been physically at E three for 
I mean, that's, that's six true, or seven we've years. We've also seen a big shift of reveals and features at the Game Awards. True, yeah. So, with the cancellation it, of E3 this year and with a couple more directs that the companies are going to be trying to do, I imagine we're going to see a lot more heavily focused stuff where basically we just get a combination of E3 and Game Awards. I could definitely see that. Yeah, I could uh, definitely see if where something... Where it'll be more like E3 during the day and then when it comes to the evening, that's when they'll do certain awards and events and things uh, like that. Yeah. It might end up being like a full weekend thing instead of just, okay, here's one night of awards. Gotcha. It might, I, I can see it becoming that sort of a mouth. I could definitely thing, see. Where it's combined into like a two day thing over a weekend, like a Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I mean, depending on what Jeff Keighley wants to do with it, I don't know if he, that's something that is. Like I said, he's I could see that being But I could see that, that happen, yeah. Uh, what I can see happening this year is I can see some crew. But I see a lot of what would be big E3 reveals being pushed over to that. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So I could see like Warner Brothers. If the games that they are announcing aren't gonna aren't gonna release until next year anyway, they could say, "Okay, forget this. Let's put something together for the Game Awards. Let's get in touch with Jeff. He knows how to do this anyway. We've seen plenty of games do their reveals at the Game Awards. We can do this there. Probably get a little bit more exposure." So you're right. I definitely see. I definitely think that could be a very real reality that we see. I don't think it'll happen for everybody. I still think you're going to get, like, Microsoft's going to uh, unveil stuff. Bethesda will probably show some stuff off because they're kind of hurting right now. They'll want to show off their new right. Fallout 76 roadmap, things like that. Your console manufacturers and your, your bigger players yes. are going to keep doing N- their own Nintendo thing. Nintendo and, and Sony will probably of, do a director of some of kind. developers and indie games and things like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Their main platform is going to be Game Awards. Yeah, if, so if, get, if, get if E3 doesn't get off the ground like it, like it, like we all think it's going to, the Game Awards is going to be your next, you know, big thing. And I think that's great. Like I said, we've talked about the Game Awards before a couple months ago. I have issues with it, but I think that's that's your next logical step is Game Awards. I, I love that you have PAX East and Gamescom and things like that, but I think the Game Awards is going to be more, you know, resounding. It's going to cover a little bit more. You're going to be able to come there and, and do your thing. You'll still get little things announced at PAX East and PAX West and Gamescom and, and things like that. But I, I definitely think that the Game Awards is the next big thing. So let's talk about um, couple some, some more gaming news real quick. Fallout 76 Wastelanders, uh, they had a presentation, I guess you can put it, where some people got to get hands-on, some YouTubers. That was a couple weeks ago before the whole coronavirus thing exploded here. Um, for the, from what I heard, it is a it is a positive. It definitely adds to the game. It is not a fix-all situation, though. There is still going to be some things wrong with it. Um, there can be some sparse areas sometimes because obviously... I mean, obviously, they weren't going to fill the world completely with NPCs with one patch. We knew that wasn't going to happen. But it does seem to it does seem to remedy a lot of the problems that we had um, this time around. There are some things in there for higher level characters. So if you are someone who's been playing since day one and you are level like four hundred, I don't know if there's listen. There, I there saw level five hundred people there within yeah. the first week of play. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. Yeah, what I easily ran into. So I don't know if there is a max level. I'm assuming there's not, but. Uh, there are going to be things for max level or higher level characters to do, essentially. But what I've kind of decided, I have not gotten very far in the game anyway. I have not done a whole lot in the game. No, I basically explored everything I could explore that I was I didn't beat the main story. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I think it I'm... It fell to the wayside. There was so much other stuff that came out around it, that time, like Red Dead and everything. Yeah, exactly. Just, it just uh, wasn't... The game did not stick with me. I think, honestly... So they released it's April 7th. I hope to have Doom done by then. That comes out next week. And I hope to have Outer Worlds done by then. I will definitely jump into it regardless. I don't know how much time I'll put into it. But I think I'm just going to start a whole... I'm just going to start fresh. It's probably the best thing to do. I don't have anything that I really care... The only thing I have on that on that profile that I care about is that is the Mountaineer outfit. And I believe your Atomic Store purchases carry. Probably, yeah. I would assume they do. I'm not 100% sure on that. But I would assume they do. If not, that would be the only reason I really want to go back. But I could always buy another one if it put, pops back up again. Um, you know, June uh, back in June is West Virginia Day, so I would I would find it pretty easily. Um, but that is coming out. I, I am excited for that because it does kind of give us our Fallout. The you know the way we've wanted Fallout for the last since Fallout Three came out, New Vegas really. Um, and not that Fallout 4 was a bad game. I enjoyed Fallout 4, but I've learned that I really can't go back and replay Fallout 4 the way I did 3. I put several playthroughs into 3. Like, I'm talking 5 or 6 at least, where I played all the way through, beat all the DLC. New Vegas, I didn't do it as much because I wasn't a big fan of how it wasn't open-ended at the end. So I wasn't a... I, I'm not as high on New Vegas as a lot of people. I've replayed New Vegas a lot. See, you're... Yeah, you love... You're a big New New Vegas guy. I'm a big Fallout 3 guy. I, it's just... That's just how it is. And it's not... It's not that I don't I, like... I've replayed New Vegas as many times as I've played Fallout Yeah, 3. it's not that I dislike New Vegas. I like New Vegas. I just don't like that it's not open-ended. I've beaten all of the DLC for New Vegas. I've played it a couple times. I've beaten all the storylines, but I've not, like, gone back and, and done several, several, several different things and really changed things up. Fallout 3, on the other hand, I have. I, I have at least five or six where I've gone through and just played and, and done my thing the best I could. Uh, and, and I absolutely love that game. So I, I hope Fallout 76 can turn into something. Uh, it's not going to be something similar, but I hope it's something that can hold a candle to that eventually in the next, you know, in the coming year or so. Hopefully they get another roadmap uh, during E3. We get a presentation from them. And, you know, they have some nice things in, down the pipes for us, essentially. Uh, the other thing is Call of, Call of Duty Warzone came out. This is a free update. You do not need, as far as I know, you do not need the game no, to it play. No, it's, it's, it's standalone. standalone. Okay. It's standalone. It's, it, it, was, it was what was originally their, their Blackout, their Battle Royale. Yes, yeah, it's a Battle Royale mode. Mode that was in Modern Warfare. They took it and basically they, they, pull, they pulled a, um, what was the Assassin's Creed Black Flag? Uh, oh, Rogue. They... No, no, no. no. Um, oh, I, I... The one where you play is out of Wale. Yeah. I, Freedom uh, Cry. Freedom they, Cry, they basically yes. They Freedom Cry. They said, okay, so Blackout is now its own standalone thing. We're going to call it Warzone. There's two different versions. There's one where it's like operations-based, where and, and there's another one which is just pure Battle Royale. Right. But they've got it to where it's almost like it can... Some of the maps can support up to 200 players. I believe it counts 150. It's 150, yeah. but they're, they're working on a mode right now that, that's getting up to 200 total. Okay. Um, which I loved Battlefield Five, which was, you know, the World War One right. trench yep. warfare. We were like, oh, we're getting like 36 and 40 and 50-some people on a map. And I was like, okay, I'm in for this. Yeah. This dope. 50-person teams? Yeah, that's 100 people on a map. Let's go. And now we get twice that in a giant right. Battle Royale. I haven't played... So let me, I have let me, not played it yet either. This way. I have I, someone that downloaded it. I have played because um, when when it's downloading, when it gets ready to start, you don't actually get full access to the game. Right. But you do get access to basically their 
uh, they call it the boot camp training grounds, uh, which are, you get to play through various, um, uh, it's like a roulette wheel of like gun game and gotcha. kill confirmed and team deathmatch. Um, and it's just you versus bots. Let me tell you, there's no difficulty setting. Those bots are brutal. Or, you know, it could just be the fact that I'm out of practice because I haven't played a Call of Duty game since Ghosts. Oh my gosh. OG Ghosts. So, yeah, it took me a while to get Seven back into the hang of things, but let me tell you, it was super enjoyable. I played like three hours of just me and robots. Yeah, so I have, had a blast. I have a guy at work that I work with, and he has he downloaded day one, played it, came back and kind of told me what was going on. So it's 150 people, teams of three. You drop in, and if someone kills you, you go to the gulag and you one v one them to get back into the game. Which I and like when you get in there, you are like you come That's in. That's super cool too. Because that is amazing in a my massive opinion. Massive one to two to three hundred person battle royale game. That's gonna take forever. On yeah. A, on a plus you're adding. Plus yeah. Plus you get back in if you if you win your one v one and. So there's parts where like you get dropped in and you can actually witness another person one v one before you get dropped in there. Yeah, so cool. that is incredibly cool. Um, all of the things that you unlock in multiplayer are unlocked in this, and anything that you unlock in Warzone is also unlocked in multiplayer for you. So if you do have Call of Duty, if you have the game Modern Warfare, everything unlocks for you playing already. So that is that's that is cool. all, that's awesome. That. Yeah, you get to keep all of your gear. That is a very now coming from Activision. I can't believe I'm about to say this. That is very consumer friendly, and I like that. I like that Call of Duty is getting into this. My thing is, Call of Duty should have, should have already adopted this model, this Fortnite model. I'm gonna call it for the regular game. No, but it, it is really fantastic because I really enjoyed playing the campaigns. It was fantastic. Yeah, I, I was one of those guys that said, "Okay, I cannot play any multiplayer until I beat the campaign." That was that's kind of how I did it too. Because it, it wasn't actually a problem, but I enjoyed the stories, like leading up and leading up into ghosts. I really enjoyed the Black Ops stories for the good and the bad. Of yeah, the, I mean, and those I, were considered I, some I, of the better Call of Duties. I really anyway. enjoyed. I mean, Modern Warfare's original trilogy, 1, 2, and 3, that storyline is bar none, probably one of the best AAA two especially. main storylines. Absolutely. That a, sh- a first-person first shooter, person shooter put out, yes. that's bar none, that's Definitely. Um, but the main complaint for me is that my friends are always like, hey, man, you got to get that Call of Duty. I'm like, man, I'm not going to drop 60 bucks. Hey, to play for it for, me, for like me to two play weeks. it for like two weeks and then get my butt handed to me by everybody that's prestiged up massive levels. Yep. And then me not have any time to throw any kind of money into it, only for the me to actually be good at it and be a decent level and have nice equipment by the time the next Call of Duty game comes yes. out. So that, that I can have a, a multiplayer experience for free that I can just jump into. Yes. That is Warzone, that's Call of Duty, that I can actually stay in and be invested in for some time. And It's cross-play. So I can play with all my PC buddies that... Yep. That I can play with as well. So that that really opens up a whole right. avenue for me, and I'm super. Excited yeah, absolutely. It's that's the thing. So I bought I bought Modern Warfare. I got it for Christmas actually. I I wanted it because I love the original trilogy, like you. I wanted to kind of relive some of those things, and that was really cool. I did like that. So the campaign, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Modern Warfare campaign, very very good, and it's got some meat to it. So it's not like. I think it took me about. They changed two, a fair amount of it too. Yeah, right? there's different things. A lot of the characters are the same, but like locations and thing like that are different um and it's got a little bit of meat to it i probably beat it in about two weeks but i don't play every day and i don't get a chance to play for very long all the time so i don't know how well i would say that i'm saying it's meaty but it may not be it's just my gaming schedule it felt meaty to me um 
But I thought it was very good. So I, I want to give this a shot eventually. Like I said, we've kind of talked about this before. My backlog is, is still extremely long. I'm still working on Outer Worlds. I want to play Doom. Animal Crossing is coming out. My brother's getting that. I'm probably going to play a little bit of that. I still have Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, Death Stranding. Yeah, I mean... All I, that stuff. I, I just took... I just took... Because I have two days off a week. I have Monday and Tuesday off. Those are the days that I have just me and myself. My wife works. So that those are my video game days. Those are my get stuff done around the house days. Those yep. are my D&D prep ga- days for the days for the games that I'm running for you and, and, yeah. and, and the rest of the guys uh, for Saturday nights. Um, so I basically spend like eight hours, one day, and one day is dedicated to just video games, and the rest of it is everything else I have to get done. Right. Past two weeks, I've destroyed Goose Game, which was phenomenal great still haven't played that but i've heard good things super super good um it's really really challenging once you actually beat basic story mode to basically do the new game plus challenge mode which is complete this specific level this specific section before time runs out and there's not a timer so you just have to keep going just kind of figure it out yeah okay sorry about that folks we had a small audio malfunction we are back though we were talking about uh, untitled Goose Game for you, how you were running through some of the challenge modes. So yeah, I, I ran through that whole game in like eight hours. I spent another two hours trying to knock out two of the time variant uh, levels, which was pretty easily done. Some of them are a little more intricate, and I still to this day, they just, I, I wanted to throw a controller. Um, but I also dedicated one day, like two weeks ago, to Call of Cthulhu, um, which... Heard great oh, things about that God. game. God, so Heard good. good things about that. So, so good. Best way I can describe this is if you took a Telltale game... And mashed it up with Dishonored. Super good. Oh, yeah, that super sounds good. good. And it took, I literally sat there, I did not walk away from that, that screen. It, it was just. It's been a while since I've done something like that. I, I feel I like. I cranked it out in a straight eight and a half hours, and it does have multiple endings based on your choices. Um, it's super good. It is super See, good. that's what I need to do with Hellblade. I've heard you can do Hellblade in about one sitting. I need, because I want to play it. I've played it, but I haven't beat it yet. I, I want to finish it. Uh, and when I say I've played it, I've played like the opening intro. I've got to like I haven't even got to the first boss yet. I thought I would try it, play for a couple hours, and then come back next Monday. No, it, it, the the, the storyline is fantastic. The mystery is right something there. I like, get it, into. It's something that keeps you right on the edge yeah. of your seat, and you want to keep playing it until until it's finished out. Yeah, and that's and that's something I haven't done with like any game. Like I, I've tried to done kind of do that with Battle Worlds, and I haven't really got into my groove again with it. I'm playing it a lot, but it's for like two to three hour sessions at the most. Um, and, and that's been great. Like, don't get me wrong. I love that game. I think Outer Worlds is great. It's definitely something that we have needed. Uh, I just wish that... I wish that I hadn't put it down because I, I can't restart at this point because I was too far into the story and it was going to take me too long to get back where I was. So I feel like when I beat it, I'm going to want to go back to it later, kind of get my footing in it again, and then I will enjoy it a lot more because I, I will go straight through this time. Fallen Order obviously came out. Along with Christmas, there was just some things that got in my way. I'm now dedicating to finishing games before I start. I still have, like I said, I have God of War and I have Death Stranding that I haven't even played yet. And I got those for Christmas. I have Persona 5. Haven't touched that yet. And I think that's it. Oh, I have Ratchet and Clank, but I'm almost done with that. So there's just a lot of things that I'm just trying to get through. But because there's this game, this year, luckily, not very heavy until we hit November. Doom is the only really big thing that I'm really looking forward to until September. So if I can get everything done until then, the only other thing is Last of Us 2. 
Haven't played the first one yet. I will eventually. When I beat Horizon Zero Dawn, I'll give you Horizon Zero Dawn. I mean, you played a little bit. You came over to my house. We yeah, we, we, we played a little bit. A little bit. But I want to play, like, I want to beat it before I play the second one. I know, like, I know what happens because I've seen YouTube videos and I was like, oh, man, I'm never going to play this game. And then yeah, now yeah, I have yeah. and I'm like, okay. No, you definitely need to, you definitely need no, to. No, I want to experience, experience it. Yes, definitely. I want to get down and experience it. And that's something that I, I will do. Um, our last bit of gaming news, uh, CJ, CD Project Red has two teams that are going to be working on the Cyberpunk 2077 DLC and multiplayer. We know that uh, multiplayer is coming later after the game releases. Yeah, it's a separate it's, project. Yes, it's not something that has been built with the game. It is a fully single-player game with no multiplayer. It'll be added later. And then they have a third, smaller team that is starting the new Witcher game. Yeah, yeah, so after years of, are we getting more Witcher games? Are we getting more Witcher games? And the answer was, no, we're done. The story is finished. We're not doing anything else. Now it's, okay, we're going to do another game, but it's not necessarily a sequel. It's not anything that's necessarily tied to the story they've done so far. Yeah, I... It's probably going to be something that either features a brand new Witcher that's not Geralt, that's not Ciri. That would be my assumption. It's probably going to be like Lambert or somebody else, somebody that's lesser known that they can get a little more meat out of. Or it very much could be just like younger Vesemir or something. Like this I'm, would also be cool. So I would love to see, or just something completely unrelated whatsoever that's just in that universe. Yes. So I would. This is what I would like to see. I would like to see, and CJ CD Projekt Red doesn't do this obviously with their games. Like they've had Geralt, who obviously that's different because that's based off a book. And then CD Projekt, or I'm sorry, Cyberpunk 2077 is a named character as well. Now I don't think they have dialogue. I think it is a chat box. I'm not. I'm not sure on that. Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of Cyberpunk 2077 because I'm hyped for the game, but I haven't looked at a whole lot because I want to be relatively surprised. If it is a chat box, that's cool. If it's not a chat box, that doesn't surprise me because that's what they did with Geralt. He has options, but he speaks. I would love to see them with this Witcher game do something where you can create your own character and go through a, a, a completely wholesome story where maybe you run into characters like Lambert and Vesemir. Yeah, that'd be and, cool and, too. And, or Geralt, even. So I would love to see something where you create your own character. CD Projekt Red is not known for doing that. In almost any, I mean, they don't have a whole lot of things. They have they have Witcher and they have Cyberpunk, and Cyberpunk's a brand new IP. Right. So and we I don't mean, see a whole lot from them. Going off of what we get to see with this with this RPG that is Cyberpunk, I mean, we very much very, that very much could be the way they go with it. Is yes. Basically, they jump back into time before Geralt even exists when the Witchers are. I still, would love that. When the witchers aren't wiped out, when when there are when they are still full of guilds and things like that, it's not necessarily a, a Fallout seventy six thing where it's a massive multiplayer thing. Yeah, no, no, no. But it's just the generic. It'll like, be okay, go in, build your character, and then go and explore. This, it, it'll this be a single player player. thing. I don't think they'll. I don't think no, no, no. they'll do anything too crazy. There might be, but I would love to option, see. Yeah, but I don't think there. It'll be integrated into the main core. No, yeah, I, I just would love to see. I, I would. Then we know there's going to be character customization in Cyberpunk 2077. I think the name is the only thing that is set. You can be a male or female. You can change the way you look, things like that. But I want something where I completely... I I, I am creating an entirely new character every single time I play this game. I think that would be something really different and something really cool. Now, there are rumored to have another game releasing in 2021. I do not think it is this Witcher game. If it is, it would be incredibly small. It would not That's be something. Fast yeah, it would not be something like The Witcher Three. Uh, obviously, they are starting it, but I would not expect it to be out anytime soon. Um, 
So let's switch it up to some entertainment news. We're going to talk about some TV shows that are, are coming out. Well, I have one last one last thing. That okay, yeah, go ahead. To touch on on Sony because this is something that just I just came across earlier. Um, Sony's former uh, combat designer for Game of War, uh, Dean Reimer, has currently just accepted and gone into a job with one of Xbox's new uh, first party uh, production companies, In Exile Entertainment. Um, so with him being the former lead designer on the God of War franchise, with that being a massive, like, it was just considered a perfect combat game. Yeah, um, I haven't played the new and, one. And people just rant and rave and go on about how perfect and flawless and great it was compared to all the other games that we got to see out there. So getting to see that kind of expertise go into an Xbox game that's a new first-party title, we might actually get to see something really, really fantastic from Xbox yeah. coming in the future. That would be awesome. Um, especially since these are in Exile Entertainment's one of those more recent acquisitions yes. that they just came into last year. I think that I think that Xbox is trending in the right direction. I think we're gonna see a we're definitely gonna see games from them. We're gonna see a lot more games. Are they gonna be really good, like PlayStations? I don't know. I, I want I wanna be hopeful and I wanna say yes, they're gonna definitely I mean I would be shocked if they don't release some that are very, very good. But he's going into the same exact position. So he's the like combat designer That's awesome. for NXIL Entertainment. So he's literally just going from Sony to this to, independent okay. company that is now first party to Xbox. I like that. So I like that promising things for Xbox moving forward. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully that helps them build God of Wars, obviously. Like I said, I have it. I haven't played it. I don't know how it ends. I don't know anything about it. But I'm excited because I've heard great things about it. So you bring someone... Obviously, when you bring someone over like that from Sony... These guys who have worked on these, you know, first party independent or first party, you know, exclusive games that are major hits, game of the years, that's obviously something huge that you do. So hopefully that works out. I'd l I would love to see, um, you know, what they create for Xbox. Hopefully it's very good. Obviously their Rise, you know, God of War Combat, you know, their answer was not i mean i thought it was a great game we've talked about i think this is the second show we've talked about this game in a row rise son of rome is underrated rise folks. is good but i'm still i still think that hellblade and, and Sinua's story oh I, saga, those are more closely aligned to what god of war was yes so I, let me make this clear no way am i saying rise is better than god of war i'm just saying rise is very underrated i enjoyed the game much more than i think regular very people easily did. slept on and yes it yes. is it is super cheap because it is a, an OG Xbox title release title. So if you can go out there and you can get it because you can get it on the Xbox store, it's like ten bucks. Yeah, it's, ten bucks it, with it no is DLC. A, go out there and just buy go it. play in the Coliseum. You don't need to play the main story. The main story is decent. Don't play the play, play the story. The story's fantastic. But I the, <laughs> the the multiplayer is was my favorite part of that game. It it's was phenomenal. by far one of the one of the coolest things uh, that we got to do. Uh, but anyway, let's let's move on to some some TV news. Uh, so last week, I believe, it, the news came out that The Last of Us is getting a TV series. It is going to be headed by the Chernobyl creator, uh, and I apologize, I did not put his name down, unfortunately. And also by Neil Druckmann, the uh, executive producer on The Last yeah, of Us. Yeah, he's the he's the guy that runs that runs yes. Last of Us and. Leads all that story and, and all that good stuff there. And he has says that it is going to He's executive be based on the game. He has, he has creative control over it. Yes. And for what we can tell right now, it's going to be a fairly faithful adaptation. Nothing's going to change in, in ways of Ellie's character or uh, the type of story they're going to tell. Um, however, they have said that until they finally manage to get Last of Us 2 you know, packaged up and shipped out and 100% completed and released. They're not even going to focus on worrying about scripts or anything else. Um, 
But it is promising. They do have... Um, and this is something that's coming out through HBO too. Yeah. So it is going to be a mature. It's going to be. It's going to be faithful to everything. It's not it's going to be mature. on like. And with the fact that it's HBO, it's going to be very, very well produced. Yes, a absolutely. Lot of money thrown into it, which means we're going to get to see really, really good quality CGI yep. and stuff for the clickers. Which I'm excited it may not, to may see. May not even those. have to be CGI because when we've seen the the VFX work that we've got to see from things like Walking Dead and with Westworld. Yeah. There's a lot of really good physical effects that can simply just be enhanced yes. by CGI. Yeah, yeah abso- especially absolutely. With, especially with things like clickers, like I think they can do an awful lot with just standard. Well, yeah, because I mean, effects. the big thing is their heads. That's, I mean, as far as the body, the body doesn't look too, too different. I mean, no. there are some that are, you know, you get a, a couple limbs coming off, hands and, and legs, things like that. But for the most part, you could probably make that work without any CGI. Yeah, and, and everybody's talking about, you know, what their perfect band castings are, and this and that and whatever. And I, I'm not going to get into that, but I still think if we, it, Ashley Johnson is still the perfect, so uh, she's the voice actress that that does the voice of Ellie. Gotcha. And she is, she's more recently known for her her live live acting uh, roles on Blindspot. Um, oh, okay. Um, so she's she she's still a, a phenomenal actress, and I think she could she could really pull off the work uh, if if they manage to offer her the job. If she's interested in the job, I don't know if the critical role guys will, will want to let her part ways for another show like that. Um, but <laughs> so I am curious, just just so you brought it up, because so I don't know a whole lot about because I, like I said, I haven't played the game. I know what happens, but I've not played it. I don't know how old Ellie is. I don't know what kind of actress would fit her. I don't know a lot of actresses around that age. I know someone said I know Daphne Keen was brought up. I don't know if she's around the right age or not. I don't know if I super so love that. She's like a like a late she, teens, like a like a like a high, she's a high school age girl. Okay, so that makes sense. So when, you, when you could fir- get you could easily you could easily get someone in their late or in their early twenties to play her as well. And, and Joel is anybody? He's just a middle aged man. I know who I want for Joel. I mean, is a huge actor. Yes, because everybody is. Everybody I know. Is posting pictures Listen, of Logan, huge. Actor. But that's. I think that's where the Daphne Keen things comes in, and I'm not real. I'm not real fond of that because I don't. When I look at Ellie and I look at Daphne Keen, I'm like, okay, I this doesn't for me. It doesn't do it. But when I see Hugh Jackman, I'm like, I'm like, dude, this is that's him. That's Joel, man. I mean, it's it's not a bad casting. I I, I, I personally like it. it. That's just me, and I feel like I feel like you are not big on it because that's where everyone's going. And, but I get that there are definitely things that turn out better when you get someone who's I mean, not really known. And the thing is, like Hugh Jackman's not going to do it because the whole reason he's he said he retired from Wolverine is he's basically done with action movies, and that's. That's what this series is going to be. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, for, uh, for the most part, I can see it. He wants to go back to it. musical theater and his roots and, and things that he likes to do with Broadway. Like, yeah, uh, absolutely. Showman and things like, like he, wants to, he wants to no longer just be the action star Hugh Jackman from Wolverine. Right. He wants to go off and do other And that's things. another thing. When you look, I, don't want, I also don't want to look up and go, oh, yeah, that's Wolverine. You know what I mean? You kind of want someone who, who you look up and go, that's Joel. So, so in my in, so I'm gonna ask you who it, give me a couple people who you think would be good for that. Honestly, I haven't even given it much. See, that's the thing. I, I other than him, you know, I don't know. You know, there's not a whole lot of guys that I would be real into. Um, it, TV show wise, I mean, I like the work that Kiefer Sutherland does. He's kind of fits that age. I don't know if he hit. I don't know if he fits that role. I think. I think if if they if they dyed his hair, Nikolaj Kosterwall or however you pronounce yes, his name, yes, I like he, that too. He played um, 
Uh, Jamie, Jamie Lannister, Lannister on yes. Game of Thrones. I like that. He already physically resembles Joel a lot. He has that same kind of tenor timber in his voice. Joel is definitely a, a and, kind of a gruffer yeah, guy. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's a really good person to play. Especially. Yeah. I mean, we've seen him grow, grow out his beard and things like that, so it, it can be very easily done. I think it's a... I think he'd be a good person to, to, to portray that. Yeah, role. And absolutely. He already, he already has that, that that relationship with HBO that it could really it could really bring bring something forward there. Yeah, definitely. So, so I, I think kind of that's just good. Me off the top of my head, picking somebody who's not being thrown out there off off the bat, I, I would give Nicolaj the role. Yeah, I. Other than that, I mean, there's not a whole lot of people that I can like look and go, yeah, this guy kind of fits. Um, I'm not real good when it comes to actors and actresses and things like that. Like I said, I don't really have anybody in mind for the role of Ellie just because I don't know any actresses who are in, in the right age I mean, bracket. Caitlin Denver would be a good role. She's, See, I'm not even familiar with her. Uh, so she's, um, if you've watched Last Man Standing with uh, Tim have. Hill, she is she plays Eve, the middle daughter. Oh, yes. She looks I do know who that is. Yeah. Yes, I like that, actually. I think she would do a very good job. And she just did an- another movie here recently about the two girls in high school trying to cram in all their crazy nights uh, recently. I can't remember the name of the title of it, but it was a- it was pretty good. So, yeah, I like her. I think that would be a good a good casting. I-, I, know, I know her. I know what she looks like. She does resemble Ellie a little bit. And obviously, you're not going to get anybody that's... You're not going to get anybody perfect. It's just no. not going to happen. No, there won't be anybody perfect, but... But... I think whoever they come up, it's HBO. They know what they're doing. I think no matter who they get, um, they're going to do a great job with it. Yeah, it'll be really good. So let's talk about some Disney Plus shows. Uh, Mandalorian Season 2 wrapped before all the delays hit. So it is... Did it 100% wrap? Filming filming wrapped. So so essentially they can do production, editing, things like that behind closed doors. They don't have to get together. I just saw where Gina Carano wrapped her. Yeah, she wrapped. But yeah, Season 2 is... Is is wrapped, uh, which is which is great because that means it's it's more than likely not going to get delayed. Um, it, I don't think a lot of shows are going to get delayed. I think obviously there are going to be production delays, and how long those production delays last obviously matter. I would be. I'm, I'm not going to say shocked because I'm shocked that they canceled the NBA season. I never thought something like that was going to happen. I mean, happen. Disney shut down all live action. Right. They've shoots. Right yes. Now, so right. Falcon, Winter Soldier, uh, yeah, division that's going prod on. That they were doing that was originally just shut down. Yes. And expanded out into other things. So and we have talk of it actually delaying the actual premiere. Right. They because they've got time. Yeah, there's plenty of time, but it's just a question of how important is that prog shoot. Yes. But again, and we have to remember shoot all sorts of other things afterwards. Yes, and we have to remember these are six episode miniseries that are going to be about an hour, hour and a half episodes. We have to. These are like long movies. So I mean, it, the delay in production it, it isn't a huge deal because I you obviously give yourself time for things like that in, in a production, but at the same time, if like you said, if that shoot is important and they're missing out on it right now, they have to come back to it eventually. You're gonna have to remake that somehow. So, you know, it, it leaves you a lot less room for error. Essentially, I don't think anything will get delayed. If something is gonna get delayed, unfortunately, it's gonna be Falcon and Winter Soldier because it is the first thing out of the gate. Uh, it comes out in August. That's about what five months away right now. So obviously, they've got five months to get everything on that finished. Hopefully they can get everything you know done in time, and hopefully this you know coronavirus blows over in a little while. Um, so like like we said, Mando is wrapped. Um, the other shows that are going on 
are going to be, you know, the production is going to be delayed. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be delayed. We'll find out more information essentially, you know, when when that goes on and when we get through. Uh, let's talk about some movies. Uh, mainly, uh, we're going to talk about mainly Marvel stuff from he- from here on out. Um, if you've got some more things, we'll talk about it at the end. Um, let's talk about the Black Widow trailer that dropped. We got to see a gr- we got to see a lot of Taskmaster, which really made me happy because we, ha- in my opinion, we hadn't seen enough of him before. Uh, it was yeah, cool. It's, it's getting, a really just cool wardrobe for him. the MCU because yes. he's officially the one that's running the new Red Room. So this whole new Black Widow threat that they're being made aware of that we've seen in previous trailers with this new threat of new Black Widows that are being trained. Taskmaster runs the new Red Room, so we know he's going to be you know very much rooted into that backstory with whatever kind of beef he may have with Natasha and, and her, her family. Her, yeah, her um, cronies, as I've been calling them. <laughs> but, I mean, we've, we've seen some really solid shots, I, and I've seen yeah. people that have done breakdown shots of him with the cap shield throw, with the Hawkeye arrows, with... The Black uh, Panther claws. The, the, the Black Panther claws, and when he does the three-point landing that's like, very Black Widow in yep. it. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of really good stuff that comes out of this, and I'm very, very excited because this... Everybody was really concerned when they showed those early production shoots of like him and just that generic ski mask. We've seen a lot of up-close images of that, which it has the very skeletal yes. imagery to it now. Which, it's not old skull and bones face yeah. spectral Taskmaster. I mean, let's be honest. Fine. It's it's not as... In my opinion, I would prefer what we got from the Spider-Man game on the PS4. I think that is perfect Taskmaster. Yeah. That's, that's, that's about as realistic as you can get in this, the MCU without going, like, old school this is skeleton. The best, yeah, this is the best way to do it without giving him a prosthesis. Exactly. Um, and we all know how that worked out with Red Skull and Hugo Weaving hates everybody. Yeah, else, but that's so. Hugo Weaving and that's something... Yeah, that's true. It looks very, very, very good. I'm very, very excited about it. Um, yeah, I mean, so so what are your thoughts? So this is obviously the first movie we've gotten since, well, not since Endgame, uh, Far From Home. Yes. Um, this is this essentially, I mean, this does. This kicks off Phase 4. This is, I mean, this is an important movie, whether, you know, people want to admit it or not. And I was kind of talking to my brother. He's a huge Marvel fan. He loves everything, you know, MCU he and he looked at me and he he said before this trailer I was just really excited for the for the post credit scene just yeah, because I he, he wants to see what's going on in phase 4 post credits are definitely going to set up whatever's next which we know is going to be Eternals yes um but now after that trailer he said he's he's pumped he can't wait he loves the way Taskmaster no, looks it, and it's, acts it's definitely exciting because it's yes. not it's not one of those things that everybody's just like oh it's just some generic spy flick like there's going to be some legitimate consequences yes. and interesting things and it's going to be it's going to be Black Widow and Black Widow doing her thing like there may be cameos from some other people there have been rumors from that from the get go there was a rumor of an, a Tony Stark Iron Man cameo yeah if we robert downey jr basically shot down forever ago yeah but but the idea that she's finally getting her own movie yep and it's only her movie like it's not some little like she's pigeonholed in with with hawkeye or whatever even though it'd be super cool to see him show up this is all about her going back to her roots and dealing with her own past and problems and getting to where she was in infinity war this is about finishing out her storyline in a way that because she made the sacrifice play, spoiler alert, after so many months, it doesn't really count anymore. So yeah, it's been, almost, it's been um, almost uh, a year. But after she makes that, that sacrifice play, we don't really get to see her, her story get resolved in any sort yeah. of meaningful way. I mean, yeah, it was enough for me to almost get ready to shed a tear. Like, it was there, but there was so much other stuff that was going on that was, had to be processed that you really couldn't 
spend a moment to grieve for Black Widow. Yeah. So for us to not only get to see her character progress and grow into a full-fledged three-dimensional character that's not just there as a support character for somebody else's storyline, and actually get to have some legitimate closure that points to those moments that we saw her in those two movies, I think if you go back and after this releases and you watch it right after Civil War, and then you go and you watch yeah infinity war and then in game i think it's going to have a whole i'm really it's going to really make that sacrifice play all that much more meaningful yes because this is really going to flush her out as a full-blown person because as we know leading up into civil war with avengers she really with the conflict and comments that she made with hulk talking about how she can't really have children because of what they did in the red room she didn't see herself as a person until we got to infinity war when her and Steve are sitting there talking about, you know, or in the beginning of Endgame, when she's basically in charge of running whatever's left over of these superheroes. Eating her peanut butter sandwich. Eating her peanut butter sandwiches, and talking about how she doesn't Tapping. really see the point of Bleeding continuing at this point. And, but that, that's the thing, is like, she's a full-fledged yes, emotional person absolutely. at this point. And you don't really get to see that vulnerability from her anywhere else. So getting to see her actually become a full-fledged normal person that's not always in superhero mode which she is in every other series that she's in whereas most of the other characters get that little bit of downtime where they can fall back into the steve rogers into the tony stark the only one yeah show emotion outside of their their standard right suited up the only only time we ever really see her like that is in iron man 2 and it's still iffy because she's still, still doing that's shield work. Still her doing shield work. Yeah. Like I said, the only thing we really get with that is her small interactions with Bruce Banner and the Hulk in little snippets yeah. in Avengers: Age of Ultron and little snippets of her with Steve. And even then, you really don't know what what to expect from her. So uh, it's just very exciting to get this character flushed out. She is a major character as yeah. far as Marvel's cinematic universe is concerned. Um, but finally, getting to put that final pin in it, yes. so to speak, for, for the previous phases and the Infinity Saga and basically saying, okay, everything's wrapped up now. We're done. Yeah, this officially ends This is going to be a big deal for that, but it's also, there's going to be just enough of a hint of whatever's in there. It's not going to be just whatever's in the Easter egg is going to be what sets up whatever's coming. There's going to be little seeds that are going to be thrown in there throughout the whole story that people aren't going to pick up on the first time they watch it some people might but there's going to be a lot of itty bitty things that kevin feige and the guys are just going to be just peppering in there just enough of a hint to for people to pick up and go huh i wonder what that means and that's what i'm most excited for not necessarily the 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 end credit scene which is going to be a big obvious reveal i'm more curious for the subtle clues that they're they're seeding in yeah Absolutely. I think I'm just, I'm pumped for the movie all around. It is, like you said, it's going to be cool to see this character get fleshed out, get her own story, something that she can kind of fall back on and we can look at as fans and go, okay, that was really cool. You know, I I love what she's doing as a character. I love where her arc kind of went. And it does fill in some things that we really didn't get closure with when she died in in Endgame. Spoiler alert. Um, But yeah, so I'm super excited. I think the work that, you know, they do with the MCU is amazing. I, I have, you know, I don't have any doubts about this or anything like that i just hope that it is i hope that it's enough to kick off phase four and really send us into the next phase you know in the in the marvel universe i really just hope it's enough because there's a lot of there's a lot of unnecessary and un 
I don't know. Unwarranted is the word I'm looking for here. It was a lot of unnecessary and unwarranted criticism for Captain Marvel, and I think that was more for people just with backlash against Brie Larson as yes. an actress. Um, and I think that the film did poorly because of whatever misogyny and nonsense, sexist nonsense was going on there. With Agreed. That from just trolley fanboys on the internet, but I think Black Widow is going to suffer a little bit from that as well because it is a female-led, female-directed Unfortunately, film. yes. Um, and I think that's really going to do it a disservice, uh, especially with things like coronavirus and stuff going on right now. That's pro- probably going to lead into some sort of premiere delay, depending on how... Depending on how depending things on get how cleared things up over the next ha- two months or so. Um, that'll, that'll probably curtail some things as well. But I'm, I'm really hoping that this film is going to be the, the solid Wonder Woman. Yes, yeah, I hope so. The MCU so. was hoping uh, Captain Marvel would be, and I'm just really hoping that it, it, it's a... I'm hoping it gives fans what we're all hoping it is for Scarlett Johansson as a send-off for this character, because it's something that she definitely deserves, something a lot of other smaller characters in the MCU for the Infinity Saga deserve on their own. Hopefully we get to see that through Disney yeah. Plus series moving forward, through the MCU overall moving yes. forward. And I'm just really excited to see what comes of it. So let's talk about the Avengers Campus, just because this is going to relate to Black Widow a little bit. I So this is only going to be at Disneyland currently. Um, yeah. Right now, Disneyland's Universal... Yeah. Yes, right now Universal Studios owns... Uh, there is some kind of deal in place to where you can't have superhero... A superhero theme park east of the or yeah east of the Mississippi, as of right now, I I don't know how long that lasts. Well, it only relates to certain heroes, because right? Disney World in Florida is currently building the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? right? Because those are obviously such nonsensical characters that they don't fall into that A list category. Um, but I mean, there there used to be like Sea World and Six Flags. They had Batman rides and things like that. But I think the main thing about Universal is that it's the same reason that we can't get a standalone Hulk film. It, it's yes. because you know they they have the licenses for these characters that are so extensively tied into these rides at Universal theme parks that you just can't do anything with them movie right. wise or product wise or anything like that. So it's really promising to get things like Tom Holland making a video appearance in the new Spider-Man yes. ride that they've got or attraction rather right. that they've got. So. So I've been to the Galaxy's Edge at, at Disney World. I would be shocked if we don't see more of the A-list celebrities make appearances. I've rode Falcons, Smuggler's Run, and I've it's, rode it's Rise done, of the Resistance. It's, it's very much going to be MCU tied in. Yes, absolutely. Be- so like Rise of the Resistance, you see you see Ray, you see Finn, you see Poe. Um, Smuggler's Run has Chewie, Hondo Onaka. There's plenty of characters that, that everybody recognizes. I would be shocked if we don't constantly see... More a like I'm. I mean, I don't know how in depth they'll get because we haven't got a timeline of when this exists. We do know that Taskmaster is the main villain of the the campus. It's kind of the same thing they do. Like the First Order is always currently at Galaxy's Edge, so we know that that resides in between Episode Eight and Nine. We don't know where in the MCU the Avengers Campus fits currently. They things that I've read have basically said that you have to ask Doctor Strange because there will be he's going to be kind of your main guide. Through the See, that's interesting. Game. I like that. Because it's supposed to exist... Because Tony Stark is going to be around as well at this point. So it's going to be pre... So it's pre-Infinity War. Pre-Endgame. Pre-end but okay. it, it's supposed to be like one of those odd, like, 
it exists within the same time frame as the MCU, so you can kind of get involved with some of the rides right. and, and things, and you know what's going on because it's pre-established lore, but it's also got its own unique little thing that's going on. So with the idea that it being all tied up to whatever Doctor Strange has going on, I think it's very much more directly going to be located as to, you know, uh, like a multiverse kind right. of setting. So it's like, okay, well, this in this one reality, here's how things are playing out. Gotcha. And, and that's a very... Good, that makes sense. That's a that's good a way cool, to do it. That's a very good way of tying yes. it um, I am really excited. I, like I said, I've been at Galaxy's Edge before. It's amazing the way they tie everything in and the way that you feel like you're a part of that world. I'm hoping they do. I, I mean, I'm not hoping. They are. They're going to do the same thing with this. I just don't know how they're going to do it. I am very excited, though. I think it is going to be very, very cool. Uh, that uh, that opens this year in July. July 18th. I'll actually be in Disneyland next January, as long as the coronavirus doesn't destroy us all. And I, for the record, I don't think that'll happen. Um, so I am going to be there. I, I am going to get to stop there. I'm really, really excited. I don't now. Obviously, it'll be six months after it opens, so it'll probably be packed. But it's going to be cool to kind of get to experience that, see how, see what's going on, see how it works. Um, I am really, really, I'm really definitely excited. going to be going there. Oh yeah, I don't know when, but I'm yeah. going there. Definitely. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to tell you before even being there. We're planning on going down to Disney World next year for the 50th anniversary for the 50th yeah. anniversary because she's super big into that yeah but when we go next spring the guardians ride will be open yes so yeah so that's the cool thing that. so disney world um and we'll kind of talk about just all this so disney world the 50th anniversary of disney world is next year 2021 so they we went down we were just at disney world uh, like two months ago um epcot right now is kind of down because they're doing so much construction they want to get the Guardians ride. They want to get Tron. They're they want to get a lot of stuff yeah. They want to get everything open by twenty twenty one. So their fiftieth anniversary will be yes. It was the repainted Castle like is being repainted like rose pink, pink or something yeah, like that. Rose gold pink. It's very is a very like a white looking pink essentially. So it doesn't look too different. But yeah, they're not repainting the whole thing like the, like the blues. Yeah, that's not changing. Like, that's it's, changing. It's just it's going from generic gray castle to pink. Yeah, gray. pretty much. So and that's that's a change that they obviously you know they're gonna make a couple changes over the next couple months to get ready for the fiftieth anniversary. Anniversary. but Tron should be open which is uh, I mean I got to see the the construction on that that looks amazing um the Guardians ride will be open that'll be cool obviously I'm glad that we get to see something like that they've got a couple other rides that are coming and obviously you know Rise of the Resistance is going to be probably up and running to where you don't have to get a boarding pass by then uh that was that was the best yeah, ex- not a ride. Stop through there too. Yeah, that's not a ride. That's a you are in a movie when, I when was that there happens. In Disney last like two three years ago. No, that yeah, was, none it, of that it was stuff still, was there. It was still under construction. Even the Toy Story stuff that got up is is amazing. I mean, all yeah, that stuff is all that so stuff. cool. Toy Story stuff was I mean, when you just and like when you walk into these these places that they've put together, obviously I spent a ton of time in Galaxy's Edge. I mean, you feel like you are part of the star wars universe when we walked into the toy story land there are toy soldiers walking around i mean they've got a ton of cool stuff going on anywhere you go in disney that's like that especially if you go the right time of the year i don't i obviously i don't recommend going in the summer just because that's when everybody goes you want to kind of hit those dates may october january in between the the holidays that you get to make the best time of your trip but to anybody who's never been to Disney World or Disneyland, and it's something that you've kind of thought about going, oh, well, I, you know, because for me, I didn't go till I was, it was three years ago, so I was 23 years old. 
And I kind of thought, well, you know, I like Disney, but it's not like I'm go- I'm going for Star Wars. Like I'm going for Hollywood Studios. I'm really going to enjoy that place, and that is by far my favorite park. But it is just it kicks the crap out of every like you think you think you were just it's for kids. Disney's not for kids. It's for everybody. My my father went for the first time as a fifty two year old adult and he loved it. And that's what Go. I always wanted from Disney. Yes, he, he's always said even the cartoon movies and things like that. That's the reason a lot of those original Dis- Disney films like Snow White and everything and and all that stuff had a darker tone to it was because yes it was animated and it had these cool nice little fun sing along songs for that we now think are incorrectly for children, but it was for everybody. Yes. It was for adults, children, everybody. For Walt Disney, imagination and just relaxing and getting away from everything and enjoying a good story and a good time, that was for everybody. Yes. Everybody, he felt like everybody who walked through those Disneyland gates was able to basically just be a kid while yep. they were there. There was no point of, you know, it was just come in and have fun and enjoy it. And yes. Time with my story. Yes. But I do, have some, I do have some information on what to expect from... From the Marvel Park, because um, they all do have kind of their own unique little yeah. things. Like you, you go to different places, and there's like the Beauty and the Beast stuff, and they have the Gray stuff from that restaurant. Yeah, and there's different things from the Cinderella place. Marvel has confirmed from the Imagineer standpoint there will be a shawarma stand, so we will get yes. that Marvel shawarma stuff. Uh, Spider Man and Iron Man will feature their own unique suits that are unique only to the Avengers I, Campus. I did park. see that. Um, there, the the Spider Man ride that we will get to. See with Tom Holland will have your own very similar to the design your own uh, lightsaber process. Um, That'll be cool. The Spider Man game uh, event attraction, whatever it's going to be, will allow users to basically step into the role of Spider Man and sling their own webs and, and things like that. That's pretty cool. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, and of course, we have the Stuntronics robot that Grant and Mahara Mythbusters yes. helped create, which will be. Fully um, automated, doing its own stunts, flipping about and springing about without any safety guidelines or wires across the top of the I'm park. really excited to see that, actually. Um, so that's super exciting. Um, <clears throat> you have to pardon me here. Um, trying to dig through this <coughs> list of things here that, that I was able to come up with. But basically, uh, Disney CEO Bob, Bob Chapek announced... Um, basically, last Wednesday, the Avengers Campus will open on July 18th. Uh, there will be a shawarma cart and a number of Avengers-themed rides, attractions, and things like that. Um, but it's going to have a lot of that that Disney Fork Aw- <clears throat> Force Awakens uh, theme park area where they're... The way they're billing it is an entirely new land dedicated to discovering, recruiting, and training the next generation of heroes. So it'll be a very, very similar to experience. Edge. Of, Galaxy's Edge. You're going to basically be immersed in everything that's going yeah, on. Yeah, very this. similar experience, I'd have to imagine. That's that's awesome. I, I can't wait for that. Um, another thing that we, we do also know, and I had it, and it was on the tip of my tongue, and now I have lost it. Um, and the campus actually stands for something similar to what S.H.I.E.L.D. does. Yes. It actually stands for Centralized Assembly mobilized to prepare, unite, and safeguard. Uh, so that's cool. Um, oh, the thing that I was thinking, we do know that pin particles are going to be a big um, a big thing. It is, yeah, it is it's a play, restaurant. Yes, uh, it's going to play so a big thing with the food. There's normal things which are going to be like super shrunk down, and there's things that are super small that are supposed to be like massively big. Now, yes. who knows what that actually means? So right. You'll probably have like a deconstructed burger where it's like one tiny little patty, and a bur- you know, it's like a burger the size of a quarter, a 50 right. cent piece. There'll be a bunch of little sliders or something like that. But it's a, an Avengers theme. It's a Hank Pym like a cafeteria kind of thing. Yeah, uh, that looks like his uh, accelerator. Yeah, 
that'll be that'll be really really cool. So there are definitely like things that are gonna be awesome like that. I'm really excited for the Avengers Campus. I think it is gonna be one of the cooler things. Hopefully, it makes its way to the East Coast in a you know couple years. We'll have to see what Universal has to say about that. Um, but we're gonna move on to two more Marvel movie things real quick. Uh, one is that Vin Diesel let it slip that the Guardians are going to appear in Thor four. We kind of just yeah, assume this. I mean, we kind of assume. Yeah, that. we. I mean, we kind of assume that okay, they're going to either show up in Thor four or Thor is going to show up in Guardians of the Galaxy one or the other to explain where they you know what part happened their ways. after they all parted yes. ways, which is Thor took off with the Guardians. Yes, when, when he basically left Valkyrie in charge of New Asgard. Yeah. So we knew that they were going to appear together in another medium of some kind. Uh, in some just, way or another. Whether yes. it was just them parting ways with wherever they dropped them off at or, yep. or whatever was going on. Uh, and then the last one is Spider-Man 3 has started production. Yeah, Tom Holland has seen a script. So leaks are incoming, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. I mean, it's he can't bound, keep a secret it's to, bound to happen. Um, he but did, he's calling it insane. He yes. says it's a really, really good thing. We know Zendaya's coming back uh, to reprise her role as the new MJ. Uh that's really all we know. Yeah, at this there's point. not a whole lot. We do know that the wait, it is coming. Is that coming out next year, 2021? Uh, July, July sixteenth, twenty twenty one, I believe. That's a good question. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. That's the day, but it's within the next year. I thought it was. Yeah, I think it's July, July of next year. Um, which is just cr- a crazy turnaround time, and in, in, in my opinion, it's it's wild how quickly these movies are are being made. I mean. Um, it's just nice to know that it's nice to know that you know we've only got Black Widow and the Eternals this year. And while I think both of those movies are going to be very solid, next year is going to be bonkers. And we do have to remember we are getting Disney Plus shows this year. Hopefully, Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision are both coming out this year. Yeah, um, WandaVision hasn't hasn't been hit by most of the the production. Right. because they're they're kind of wrapping that up right now. But, of course, coronavirus with the shoots that are currently going on in Prague for Falcon and Winter Soldier have obviously been shut down. All, Disney has shut down all live-action productions that are outside the U.S. Um, so that's going to be delayed yeah. in production, at least, that particular shoot. that doesn't We haven't heard anything for sure because, as of right now, there is no set timetable, but everybody's kind of assuming 30 days isn't going to affect the final final time date at this point. Right. Um, and the only other real news that we have is uh, Moon Knight, the original uh, creator of that character, is super stoked with the story that uh, Disney presented him with the Disney Plus series. He actually said, holy crap, I'm paraphrasing here to keep PG, but holy crap, I'm super excited to see that. That's an amazing story. Yeah. So when anytime the actual original creator is on board uh, with something that... Good reason to get excited. That, yeah, it's a, it's a really, really good way of, of knowing that it's going to be good stuff. Because yes, the definitely. last time we heard positive remarks like that from a production company was when Hulu was doing Runaways and that turned out to be a really amazing thing on its own for anybody that's watched it you'll know that's true um yeah but that's exciting it's very promising and we know Moon Knight is going to be one of those things that it's not currently in production but they are still in pre-production with casting and doing all that sort of things but we know that there is a script there is a a tentative storyline uh that that is connected to it so Lots of good things coming. coming yes, tonight. absolutely. I mean, so if we if we look, obviously the first part of the year is usually the dead part of the year. We have we did not get a Marvel release in February. Um, you know, we don't get a whole lot of games releasing around this time of the year. And the games that we actually did were scheduled to release in February and March and April got pushed back. So this is kind of the slower time of the year. Uh, the only reason we have a lot of news right now is obviously because 
we're pushing things back from E3. E3's canceled. Um, you know, things are getting extended because of the coronavirus. We're missing dates for things. Things like that. So obviously, you know, um, just, you know, we're going to sign off here. But I, I do want to say, you know, just make sure you guys are being careful out there. Be safe. Uh, wash your hands. I, I say that jokingly, but at the same time, um, obviously, this is not going to be something that affects, you know, people who are healthy. You know, adults such as, you know, me and LZ, we're in our late 20s. God, that's crazy to say. Uh, we're in our late 20s, obviously. We're healthy. We're, if we get you know, the coronavirus, it's, it's not going to be something that kills us. It's more likely to, you know, small children, people with immunoimmune diseases, uh, cancer, diabetes, asthma, elderly people, things like that. So, you know, just, uh, be careful. Don't be foolish and don't, uh, you know, don't go around acting like you're immune, uh, and immortal, because you're not, you can still spread that to other people who, who may be in, more impacted by it than you do. Um, yeah, wash your hands, don't panic. And yes, don't panic. Leave toilet be, paper on. Be a decent person. I actually need toilet paper and I can't find any right now. I'm down to like four four or five rolls. You know what? I, I still have uh, a giant Sam's pack that we bought like two weeks ago before this became a thing. So well, there I'll, you sell go. You, I'll sell you one. <laughs> oh, bucks. yeah, there you go. 30 so, bucks is yours. It's, I'm it's gonna, a good two plot. I am actually going to have to order <laughs> toilet paper off of Amazon. I mean, that's just insane to me. If you thought I was ever going to do that, I would have called you insane. But we don't have anything else to talk about. We talked about our big subjects, and I'm glad we got everything out. We actually got this done in a pretty legitimate time. We didn't take a whole lot on anything. Um, I actually feel like this is one of our better shows. Uh, we are going to, like I said, we're going to try to get a better recording um, schedule together so we can get episodes out quicker so you guys can listen to them every Saturday morning and after that as well. So this is The Soul Man signing off. With LZ, and as always, keep between the joysticks, guys.